Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here right on the podcast, reacting to not much of anything, but previewing nearly everything. Denver Nuggets coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, They haven't played uh, in a couple episodes of this podcast. So just a couple general things I wanted to hit on. And um, we're not going to spend too, too much time here, probably about 15 minutes or so. Um, And then we'll be back next week to react to um, quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, Hopefully you guys are doing great. Uh, I know you know this, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway. The all-star break is not the midway point. Okay, we are way past that. The NBA season is 82 games, all right, which is too long, but 82 games. You know how many games we have left in this Denver Nuggets season? 27. That's it. Guys, we are on the home stretch, and it just makes me so excited because everything that I believe that this basketball team can do, and I believe it with a deep conviction in a way that uh, I've talked about it. I've never talked about a Denver sports team in seven years of of doing uh, this podcast or having uh, my own radio show in Denver. Never talked about a Denver sports team like the Denver Nuggets. I'm just as bullish on them as um, I, I, I could be. That's even despite losing three straight games going to the All-Star break. And that's still despite a Western Conference that's gotten better around Denver. And I think that, you know, this has been said uh, uh, far and wide, okay? But I'm going to say it again here anyway. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a 16-4 and four run to a championship. It's going to be tougher this year because the Western Conference is better, okay? You think it may be the most challenging series last year, Phoenix. That team was thrown together at the deadline, right? Now they're 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 coming. Uh, a team like Phoenix, a team like Golden State, a team maybe like the Los Angeles Lakers, teams like Minnesota and Oklahoma City. At a certain point, seeing is believing. Um, so the Clippers. I mean, goodness gracious, the Clippers. Um, what what a turnaround after the after the initial um, integration of James Harden. They have been fantastic. So the Western Conference is loaded, but I believe. The Nuggets are still the largest lion in that jungle, um, and I can't wait to get started. I'm not even thinking about anything on the Eastern Conference, like potential matchup with the Celtics. Guys, I'm not even that, – that's like thinking about a Super Bowl matchup before the playoffs start. Not even thinking about it, all right? Uh, for me, it's about getting back to the NBA Finals and giving themselves a shot at an NBA championship. Um, a couple themes that I'm going to be watching here uh, down the back stretch of the season – um, one, you know, the, the, the schedule sets up really favorably for Denver. It just does. They have among the least back-to-backs in the entire Western Conference moving forward. I think just uh, two occasions, which is going to be right out of the gate Thursday and Friday. At the time of recording, it's Thursday afternoon. They'll play later tonight against the Washington Wizards. I'll give a prediction on that at the very end. Then they'll play in Portland um, tomorrow night on Friday night. That's about, you know, as friendly of a back-to-back as you're going to find. And then you have um, uh, uh, next week Sacramento and Miami on back-to-back nights. But outside of that, I don't believe there's another back-to-back uh, for the rest of the season, which is just massive, massive. And you're going to get that organic break going into the playoffs with the NBA play-in uh, setup that we now have in, in our current NBA 
So it's just really, um, it's encouraging. And we talked about the schedule last week um, when we recorded, or excuse me, earlier in the week on, on Tuesday. Um, you know, you're going to have Washington and Portland and uh, uh, Sacramento and uh, Miami at home, a Lakers team who you seem to own um, on a Saturday after, uh, Saturday evening on, on ABC, which should be really fun. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of winnable games. Sure, you have Phoenix and Boston, and but you have, you know, San Antonio. Uh, I believe is it three more times or two more times? Um, that's a bad basketball team. You have Memphis uh, a few more times. Um, you know, you're going to have uh, Cleveland at home. You're going to have uh, uh, Atlanta at home. Uh, there's going to be a few more tilts with Minnesota. I believe three more uh, matchups with Minnesota, which should be fascinating. Um, and how much does how bad does Denver want to win those games when those when those matchups arise? It's just going to be fascinating. But Toronto at home, like I said, Utah at home. There's a lot of winnable games, and it brings up the question that has to be asked. It, it's um, it's it's there hanging. You know how much does the number one overall seed matter? How much does it matter to these players? How much does it matter to Mike Malone? Michael Malone said, you know, they can get there, but he's not going to sacrifice a battle uh, to lose a larger war. Of course, I agree with that. You don't want to make any sacrifices. But at the same time, man, I believe that this number one seed is more important than even I let on at the beginning of the season. I just did not think that Minnesota would be this good. All right. I just did not think that Oklahoma City and the Clippers would be this good, especially the Clippers. Um, and and even though the Nuggets have had their number, let's proceed with caution with that matchup. There's things that could arise that could be problematic with the Clippers. Um, and we'll circle back and have those conversations when they're more relevant. Um, but also, you just look at who Denver is at home. You know, no one has more home wins in the Western Conference than the Denver Nuggets, record of 21-5, and kind of like the Avs on the hockey side, uh, who have 22 wins, actually, uh, the Colorado Avalanche at home, um, and just kind of middling on the road. But that's kind of how you would draw it up, right? Win, win, protect home court, and kind of be a 500 road team, and that's who uh, they've been uh, this season. So, um, again, is, is, the, is the number one seed everything? No, but I think you want to stick away from being, stay away from being the four seed. And I, and I I am convicted about that. Um, a couple other, I think, themes as a team um, that I'm going to be watching here, um, I guess not not so much as a team, but uh, uh, certain individuals, um, themes, footnotes of this larger story um, outside of the number one seed, all right? Michael Porter Jr., I'll be watching him very closely. He has been so inconsistent and in a largely a massive slump all right, uh, can he figure this out down the back stretch? Now, I did go look at, um, in terms of tonight's game, I know I'll be betting Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half threes, and hopefully by the time you're hearing this, this is aged well, and I'm not regretting it. Um, but I look at Michael Porter Jr., the last time he played the Wizards, he made three threes. The time before that, he made six threes. In games at home this season, he's averaging three threes. Uh, the first game out of the All-Star break last year, he made six threes. So there's some good juju coming out of the break at home against Washington. And for all those reasons, I'll be backing uh, Michael Porter Jr. on Thursday evening uh, to make some threes, at least three of them anyway. Um, but also, just in general, like can Michael Porter Jr. kind of stabilize? And right now, I don't know what I'm going to get. And he feels like a boomer bust player that's 
boom, uh, you know, boom, maybe one out of every seven games and bust a lot more frequently than, than that. And uh, oftentimes not as much of a middle ground. Um, this, this bench, you know, uh, what kind of trust level can this second unit establish in the next 27 games heading into the playoffs? You know, it's, this has been a topic around here for years. Um, and unfortunately, this second unit has not done enough um, to inspire confidence in um, the first, you know, 50-something games of the year. Um, what are we, 55 games in, uh, I believe. Um, so can they establish more of an identity? Can Jamal Murray and Reggie Jackson play together work? Because um, it feels broken at times. Um, and then Jamal Murray as well, just, you know, you can throw him in there, things I'll be watching. I mean, we could have had this conversation at the beginning of the year, uh, the middle of the year, all-star break, last 27 games, is can Jamal Murray turn a corner of consistency that he just has not been able to find, you know, and it's gotten better, all right, it's gotten better, um, but, but it's not good enough, all right, it's not good enough, and, you know, lest we forget, Jamal finished with three points in his last game in 18 minutes against Milwaukee heading into the All-Star break. All right, dealing with some injury. Can he stay healthy? Are injuries going to resurface with Jamal Murray? You know, those are real questions that I have. Um, but 12, 12 points and three points were Jamal Murray's last two games heading into the All-Star break. The game before that, it was 29 points on a big stage against Los Angeles. So we've been talking about this for far too long. I don't think Jamal's going to do anything in the last 27 games that can completely flip the narrative, but I just want him to be feeling good about his game as he's heading into the playoffs where he has historically shined um, in an incredible way. Um, and then, um, you know, just the health of the team, you know, just in general. Aaron Gordon's dealt with injury this year with his heel. Um, you know, uh, Jokic has dealt with a back, uh, missed a couple games with a tight back, and you see him regularly you know, um, um, all you know, all all tied up on the bench, whether it's heat or ice. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope's hamstring—it's a big deal. Um, anything Michael Porter Jr. related, obviously, we're we're super sensitive to that. Um, so any of these guys, they they just the the margins are too thin. It's a it's such a razor thin line with the Nuggets specifically considering the lack of depth and no one can suffer injuries to their starting lineup, you know, uh, heading into the playoffs. Uh, but certainly the nuggets for sure. Certainly the nuggets. Um, and then finally, um, can Nikola Jokic secure his uh, third MVP? Can he be the uh, ninth player in NBA history to win three MVPs? I want it for him. I want it. You know, I have this phrase on the radio show. I want it all. I want history to, not be debatable when it comes to Nikola Jokic and what Jokic does in the next 27 games, it could separate him from other all-time great players who had won multiple MVPs. Um, and uh, he can do that. And right now, the odds, uh, Jokic is a, a minus-120 favorite, uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander right behind him. Uh, at plus 200. So Jokic pays about one to one. Shea Gildress Alexander, SGA pays about two to one. After that, it kind of goes off a cliff with Luca and Giannis and Jason Tatum. Hearing Jason Tatum, yeah, Jason Tatum should be in the MVP conversation. No, not quite on that level as SGA or or Jokic or Embiid before uh, his his uh, final entry to to take him out of the running. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna leave it there for now. 
Um, real quick, uh, at the time of recording, Nuggets are sitting in that four seed, three games back of the number one seed. All right. Um, and uh, what uh, happening between right now and the next time we talk, we have this game in Washington on Thursday evening. We have Friday evening in Portland and then Sunday uh, in Golden State in a game that is 5 o'clock in the afternoon here uh, Mountain Time on ESPN, uh, big primetime stage on a Sunday evening, filling that void that football left behind two weeks ago, um, and that will be fun on Sunday. Uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday, so whatever happens against the Wizards and in Portland on Thursday and Friday, and then on the national stage against a really surging Golden State Warriors team uh, on ESPN Sunday night, we'll be back talking about it on Tuesday right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.